Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. What? Ten, five seconds ago, Jim Jordan loses the second vote for Speaker. Jim Jordan is a great guy, and now the fake news is feasting on this. Oh, it's uh, chaos. Oh, it's anarchy. You know what? Uh, all right. Probably not going to be Jim Jordan. I think it's going to be that guy with the bow tie. Yeah, they're going to get some career politician. It doesn't really matter. It is a sideshow. Come on. Be honest. Who's your congressman? Right. Most people don't know. Uh, this would have been great for Jim Jordan. I'm disappointed for him uh, personally. I think this would have been great. He is a good man. He's right on the issues and uh, he's MAGA all the way. Been there for Trump. And you can be, you know, you can be uh, concerned about the 2020 fairness, uh, the election there. You can. We all understand Joe Biden's the president, right? We all understand that. He signed the paperwork. He's the president. Um, was the election perfect? Absolutely not. Were there big problems? Absolutely were there. Big, there were big problems. So anyway, this is one of the things uh, they've hassled him about. Even even Republicans. I think that guy, Ken Buck, Republican of Colorado. He is not. He's no dummy, that Ken Buck. But. I don't know. He's been hanging around CNN an awful lot lately. Can you believe it? Swastikas in New York City. Swastikas on the Second Avenue Deli. That New York institution. Anti-Semitism out in full force all over the place. And I think, quite frankly, it got a wink and a nod from Joe Biden even. Yeah, Joe Biden. Because he is, he works for those squad people. You know it. I know it. He um, he wants to curry favor with them. They're the heart and soul of the Democrat Party, and the heart and soul of the Democrat Party is anti-Israel and pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas. And you can't be. You just can't be. You can't. Who the hell was who was rooting for Al Qaeda? Right? You can't root for the terrorists. You can't be rooting for Hamas. Anyway, Biden is now on his way back. He was over there. He thoroughly unimpressed everybody. Because he was mumbling and weird, and at one point it looks like, I mean, it really does look like he's got not much longer to live. Not that he's going to die of any sickness, per se, any specific illness, just old age. He looks like he's 95. Um, listen to this. Does this story make any sense to anybody? He said this before the international media. Uh, the whole world was watching in Israel. Cut 16, please. You know, uh... Years ago, I asked the Secretary of State, but he and I were working in the Senate to write something for a man. He said, uh, he wrote a line that uh, I think is appropriate. He said, uh, it's not, we lead, uh, not just, uh, well, I won't go into it, I'll wait later. Taking too much time. Uh, Secretary of State worked for me in the U.S. Senate, and he wrote something for me many years ago. And uh, it was uh, the secretary of state. Tony Blinken was a staff guy and he should be a staff guy. He is not a front person. He is not a leader. Joe Biden is not a leader. And he has never been in this whole life. He was one of a hundred. One of those silly 
legislators, silly congressmen, silly senators with the big smile and the handshake and what can I do you for, pal? Right? What can you do for me? You know, wash my back. I'll, you know, that whole system. He's never actually led anything more than an office of about 20 people. And I hear that that office, I mean, he had over the years, not at any given moment, but over the years, he had about a, a couple of thousand people come and go. And a lot of them have stories about Joe. And I'm hearing that uh, some of them are going to be start. I'm going to, they're going to talk really soon. Look, I did predict that uh, there would be audio by Halloween that could um, basically cancel the presidency of Joe Biden. He'll have to get out because the corruption is so uh, blatant on this audio tape. I've been told uh, that exists. I believe it. And, uh, however, I should have put a little asterisk in, uh, on that. I mean, Halloween, plus or minus, plus or minus. It could be plus or minus. It could be plus or minus a few days, a few weeks, a few months. But it's out there, and he's not, well, he's very vulnerable. We all know it. He knows it most of all. Uh, back here in New York, uh, you saw that. I mean, a swastika, a swastika, the ultimate sign of hate. You know, I saw them in the movies. I saw them on TV shows. But to see it on a store in New York and to see the anti-Semitism all out there in the open and to see people like major celebrities not weighing in, corporate America playing it straight right now. No, they just want to talk about their next movie. No, they just want to talk about uh, the iPhone 15. They don't want to talk about the gravest attack on Jews since the Holocaust. Something is really wrong. Tim Cook, what's going on there? And I will point out again, Black Lives Matter, they protest, right? We all saw the the looting. We saw the breaking of stuff. We saw the clashes with cops. Clashes, that makes it sound light. We saw them uh, assaulting cops, harming cops. We saw them uh, shooting cops. We saw all kinds of horrible things. What we did not see were the counter-protesters, right? No counter-protesters. There were no white supremacists who were turning out, right? Because there are no white supremacists. There are none. You know, Joe Biden made Charlottesville the centerpiece of his presidential campaign. Uh, the centerpiece. Basically a rumor of white supremacy almost. And you can see anti-Semitism everywhere in this country. And the most powerful people in the world are silent about it. And I think it's because the most powerful people in the world, many of them agree with it. Many of them are anti-Semitic bigots. And... It's, it doesn't feel like my country anymore. I did not know it. A lot of folks tell me that they've known it. It's been there. They could feel it. Some of my Jewish friends, you know, my wife is Jewish. Um, and I've learned a lot about, uh, the faith. I've learned a lot about, uh, the culture and her parents. Her mother is the daughter of a Holocaust survivor and uh, her grandmother, Judith, my wife. And, uh, I, I'm learning so much and I'm so, so grateful. And yeah, I understand some people like, oh, well, why did you do that? And I understand that's actually some Jewish people, you know, and not everybody was thrilled that my wife was marrying a Christian. And, uh, well, what can I tell you? Uh, it's a beautiful thing. She has her faith. I have mine. I do hope someday she comes over to my side. You know what I mean? I, but one of the first things I did, um, I did it after I got married, to be honest, but I did talk to a minister, somebody I, I truly uh, respect, and I asked him some questions about the Bible and and what it says about Jewish people, and and where. Anyway, I was very pleased by the answers I received. I was just very pleased. Um, you know, the Bible says, uh, it, "Look, parts of the Bible are 
totally open to interpretation. It can mean different things to the same brilliant, beautiful, good people, theologians. There are debates. And, uh, you know, I was concerned about the part, uh, who gets to heaven. You know what I mean? Uh, let's see here. Cut 17. Joe is making big promises. Cut 17. Today, I'm also announcing $100 million in new U.S. funding for humanitarian assistance in both Gaza and the West Bank. Now, people were a little bit surprised that we're giving $100 million to the West Bank, the Palestinians, the West Bank. Number one, the West Bank kind of, I mean, they're on the bad guy's side. Um, and they weren't harmed in any of this. The West Bank is off to the west of uh, Jerusalem, the east of Jerusalem, but it's uh, on the western bank of that river there. It's a good, what, 100 miles or so from Gaza? Why are they getting $100 million? Was that just another mistake? And then there was uh, this part, cut 19, please. My message to any state or any other hostile actor, thinking about attacking Israel remains the same as it was a week ago. Don't. 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 It just doesn't sound like it's going to cut it. It doesn't sound like it's going to intimidate anybody. Now, right now, Iran is putting out some pretty uh, big-time tweets saying, oh, yeah, this is it. Yeah, this is the end. Time is up. Time is up. Don't uh, – I, I don't know what to make of that. I'm still processing it. Somebody told me also that uh, Donald Trump is actually doing some strategic uh, assistance here for the Israelis in his public statements. More on that in a little bit. Uh, the hospital that the uh, Palestinians blew up, possibly on purpose. You know, how the hell can the even Fox News believe what Hamas is putting out? That's like believing what the Taliban puts out. That's like believing what the North Koreans put out or the Kremlin during the heart of the Cold War. We can't believe it. it's by definition. It's false when they speak, when the terrorists speak. These are the same people who think it's legitimate and OK to take women and children and old ladies uh, hostage. And slaughter a bunch of peaceful people at a concert. And then they say Israel destroyed that hospital. Don't believe that. And for Fox to just repeat it and just uh, accept it, um, Joe Biden uh, says he has seen evidence that says uh, that's not true. It was the other team, not Israel. It was the other team. People are wondering, hey, how can you call them a team? You know, Gaza is a team. You're lending legitimacy to it, right? As if they're, no, they're just a bunch of guerrilla Fighters, maniacs, right? And uh, you see them running around without helmets on, not even wearing uniforms. They can't even be a signatory to the Geneva Convention because they do not uh, have a professional army. And I believe you have to have a professional, you know, army and training and standards. Uh, these people have no stand. They are total animals, the terrorists, just like the 9-11 hijackers. Uh, at this point, Joe walks off the stage it doesn't sound that bad, but as he walks off, he's shuffling, and his mouth is a gape. His mouth is just hanging open, and it looks terrible. Cut 19, please. My message to any state or any other hostile actor. Oh, stop that. Yeah, don't, don't, don't. Let's try cut 18. Mr. President, what's your red line that would U.S. military involvement in this war? Mr. President, your team said you had tough questions. And then he just goes off. We do not have a leader. And remember, we used to, right? I mean, these guys, Donald Trump, rocket man, best not mess around with America or else he will feel the wrath and fury and the fire like no one has ever. You can't just say don't. There has to be an or else or else what? You could say that's implied. I don't know. 
especially when it's muttered like that. Go back throughout history. It's benign Berliner. Tear down this wall, Mr. Gorbachev. And then we have that. It is beneath America. Don't you think? It is just, we are so much better than that. Hello, Max. I, uh, I haven't heard from you in a while. Yes. Yes, uh, Greg, thank you for taking my call. Um, I think we should uh, protect talk radio because it's going to be the last bastion of free speech. And to that, I would add, I'm worried about a lot of the talk show radio hosts who are not taking phone calls these days like Sid or Michael Riedel. Hey, listen, do me a favor. Uh, Do me a favor. Leave those guys alone. Leave Sid alone. You can say whatever you want about Michael Riedel. He doesn't take phone calls. Well, uh, you know, I only I don't you know, some days I take a lot. Some days I don't take any. Uh, that doesn't have anything to do with the free speech and the radio, quite frankly, Max. I mean, you know, it doesn't. Greg, this is I, I like calling your show. You take all all the phone calls. I don't take all the phone calls. I don't take all the phone calls. And 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 actually, you know, sometimes people say I'm too mean to the callers. I can't help it. Um, but Max, what does that have to do with it? I mean, you know, as long as you, you, you the, the, <laughs> I don't know what you don't like. You want you want basically you want to speak, right? You want your own show. No. No, I want I want people who call to get their voice out in the air. Then a lot of shows are not taking phone calls like Let Berman like Sid Berman. I already told Michael you about Reed. Sid. Do not talk about him on this show, all right? He's a colleague. He works here. It puts me in a very awkward position. Uh and uh so leave him alone. Max, it's up to each host, all right? And uh it doesn't it doesn't really I wouldn't say that the I don't know. That's not a critical component of free speech. AM radio is under assault. You heard about that, right? The bloody car makers wanted to take AM radio out of the car. Thank God that's not happening, in large part thanks to some uh, power players. One of them, John Katzmatidis, getting on the phone and telling these members of Congress, will be nice to uh, not mess around, or else. <laughs> I don't know if he said the or else part, but that is imp- he uh, He's good. He's awfully good. So, look. Uh, talk radio is safe. Plus or minus callers. It's up to the host. All right. All right, Max. It's not a, it's not canceling your free speech or anybody's free speech. All right. With that, uh, no more callers. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, you know, this, uh, the hospital that Gaza took out, right? Gaza, the Hamas terrorists, they took out the hospital themselves, maybe, maybe by accident, maybe for propaganda purposes so they could blame it on the Israelis. Uh, I will say this though, in every war, every single war in the history of war, there are examples, uh, well, it happens instances of what we call friendly fire where you take out people you don't want to take out. Um, and, this actually technically may not be friendly fire, but uh, collateral, collateral damage, non-combatants, that happens. It's terrible, but it happens. It's one of the many reasons why you don't want to fight a war unless you absolutely have to. And Israel ha- absolutely has to fight this war. They were just punched in the face. Worse, by a bunch of uh, bloodthirsty terrorists. What else are they supposed to do? you got to hit back, and you know what? War is messy. So what a lot of the... Uh, the geeks, the the civilian geeks at the Pentagon and uh, elsewhere in the in the White House, sometimes they just don't understand it, and even some generals. All right, James Flippin, welcome back. 
Hey, what's up, Greg? Good thing you have me in. There's a lot going on in the newsroom right oh, now. Oh, well, in the new, I'm looking at the newsroom. It doesn't look that busy, but okay. Uh, you, I mean, you can't tell with all the computers and the news machines coming in. You know, there's a lot going on, a lot of activity. All right, I see three empty chairs, but okay, tell me what's happening. What am I missing? <laughs> well, uh, obviously, you know that there's a lot of competing rallies, uh, protests, you know, everything that's going on concerning the Israel-Hamas war. Right now, not far from where we're sitting over on the east side, there's a free the hostages rally being held outside of the U.N. And some local officials are speaking there. Um, obviously, the, you know, urgent nature of that hostage crisis is kind of something on many people's mind concerning the issue. And then there is a pro-Palestinian rally bla- uh, planned for later today. And NYPD says they're beefing up their security in response to that. Pro-Palestinian rally, otherwise known as a pro-terrorist rally in this context. Where is that going? Um, I know that's somewhere in Manhattan. Last night there were dueling rallies at Washington Square Park where there was people both on the pro-Israel side and people on the pro-Palestine or pro-Hamas side, I guess, depending on your perspective. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> my perspective is pro-peace, pro-freedom, pro-Israel, anti-terrorist. Uh, these people are totally crazy. There's no moral equivalence. Remember Black Lives Matter? Where are the white supremacists, right? Were, were, were there counter-protesters there? No. Interesting, huh? Counter-protesters here supporting the taking of terrorists and the killing of innocent women and children. Saying that's okay. That wasn't an accident. That wasn't by mistake. That's what they actually did. That was their plan. That was their strategy. All right. Well, that's really awful. Uh, what else, Flippin? New York's governor, New Jersey's governor, both outside of the country right now. New, uh, governor Murphy of New Jersey is in Seoul. He's in South Korea. And Governor Hochul's in Israel. So You make it sound like, oh, well, the New York is adrift without them, or New Jersey is adrift. They don't need these people. I don't think people understand they're not really like the the emperor of New York. Right. They 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 are in charge of actually very little. They don't. It's a part time job, too. Did you know that it's a part time job? Being governor is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Here they, they, there's very. I mean, look at the legislature. Right. That's definitely a part time job. All those guys have other jobs. Lawyers, accountants. Right. They work full time, basically, or part time, I should say. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What the hell is she doing over there anyway? In Israel, I actually, that's what we were trying to figure out. I mean, I, you know, I guess she's showing solidarity, showing support, all you that know, stuff. You know, um, I think it's pandering and looking for votes. You know, she could have done that on Twitter. She could have said something. And she could have done something about security in this state. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's pretty cool that uh, Donald Trump, President Trump, back in New York, uh, one of us again, his hometown He's here in New York. Uh, he's going to that trial downtown, uh, that totally fake trial. And uh, good for him. He's got every right to be there. And uh, he doesn't have to be there, but he certainly has the right. They're going after his company. Uh, he's already winning the case. Got to remember that an appeals court actually issued an order staying the judge's initial ruling. Staying. That means it can't take effect until at least mid-November. And uh, when the Trump team, they'll have time to basically go through it. Why? Uh, the cancellation of his business licenses was so over the top, so wrong. And from what I'm told, they can easily have that extended December, January, February, and the rest. Now, uh, the other thing is that crazy judge Chutkin down there in uh, Washington, D.C., insisting that uh, that trial happens in, in March, that uh, Donald Trump can't criticize her or the prosecutor, Jack Smith, 
Um, this is uh, this is a, to- a totalitarian uh, situation. This really is and the opposition figure, the number one opposition figure in the country. They are trying to throw in jail and they are trying to silence him. That there are not more civil libertarians jumping up and down all about this. And you know what really bothers me? Lawyers. Lawyers coast to coast. There are lawyers. These guys, by definition, they went to school. They know better. They totally know better. And so many of them are silent. Where the hell is the ACLU? Where is the Bar Association? Instead, they hassle people like Rudy Giuliani for representing zealously his own client. You're allowed to do that. This is still America. It's still supposed to be America. So I have, uh, is this Trump right outside the courthouse? Yeah, a little while ago. And uh, he's still calling Letitia James peekaboo. I wonder why he says that. Peekaboo. Sometimes it just works. Sometimes you just come up with a name. Coco, what's the other one? Coco Chow. Coco! Uh, and there's nothing racist about Peekaboo. There's nothing racist about Coco Chow, all right? Coco. I know lots of Cocos. It doesn't mean anything. Uh, it's not a... Anyway, it's fine. I love nicknames. It's a term of endearment, except for you, Letitia. All right, I want to hear the president uh, from this morning outside the courtroom. I caught in a big, fat lie. Frankly, this case should be dismissed. It should have never been brought. This case should have never been brought. And this case should be dismissed. This is ridiculous what's going on. And all you have to do is take a look at the record of the people in the room. Are you coming back tomorrow? Are you coming back tomorrow? He just walked away. Is he going to be back tomorrow? Do we know yet? And he's flanked by his attorneys, one of the really good ones. And she happens to be very, very uh, beautiful. Who is that attorney who's by his side day in and day out? Uh, Alina Haba. Wow. What's going on there? Just an extraordinarily. Anyway, I should not be making such comments, right? Um, but she is great. I think he's in good hands. And I think God is on his side. And this is all going to work out. In the meantime, uh, some folks I hear are trying to get together. Hey, I went to a dinner party last night. How how often do you get to go to a dinner party, right? There used to be a real thing. I think it was COVID or whatever. Everybody's busy watching Netflix. They don't have dinner parties the way they used to. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, they asked questions of the table. First, they introduced everybody. Uh, I can say this. Ann Coulter was there uh, and a lot of other luminaries. Mark Simone, you know him from the radio. He was there. And it was impressive. And then, except for this part, uh, they wanted to know what was a trauma that you went through and how did it change you? I'm like, yikes, that's one heavy-duty question. Um, and I have a lot to choose from. <laughs> I get it to, But I kept it light and breezy. I think I made some joke and moved on. I did not want to, uh, I don't know, I just didn't want to open up like that in front i'll open up with you but i can't open up like that you know you can't like you gotta i don't know i don't know i can always throw to a commercial break here or whatever i uh i couldn't do it uh the food was amazing and uh people you know you ever see it when they hire waiters for their own house that's a really cool thing to do sometimes no matter what your budget you can do that you can hire somebody to uh tend bar it's worth it i think it's worth it if you're really having a party you should you should pay somebody to show up 
and back you up. And remember this, and the hosts last night, they remembered this too. I remember throwing a party once, and I was very, very nervous having people over to my house. Are enough people going to come? I was kind of freaked out. But I remember this old European uh, friend of the family said, the number one thing you have to do at a party is greet your guests with a smile. You have to smile. You have to, you know, you're, you're pleased that they came and you got to let them know by smiling. Isn't that nice? Because you really can lose your head. You really can lose your mind, uh, getting ready and the last minute preparations and, and all that stuff. So a beautiful party. Thank you for the invitation. Um, a lot of frustration with the state of the city. They were basically conservatives. Hey, Ann Coulter, huh? Uh, you know who's a hero though? Uh, John Kennedy, not John F. Kennedy. You know, they're going <laughs> to, why aren't they renaming things, uh, with John F. Kennedy's name on it, right? We have Kennedy Airport. I mean, the guy was having orgies in the White House pool with interns. Um, now I know some of you admire that, but that's a very bad thing. It's a, it's fascinating. He was like, he was the Me Too city, that guy. But this is John Kennedy, the Republican of Louisiana. And he sounds a little bit, um, you know, like a country bumpkin, but he is, Wicked smart, as they say in Boston. Cut 13, please. Cut 13. Peace through weakness never works. These are hard men. They interpret being a nice guy, quoting Socrates to them. They interpret that as a weakness. And that is what this administration has been doing. It's been quoting Socrates to our enemies when we're in a bar fight. Hmm. That guy can quote Socrates too. He's, he's very, very literate. I think he's a Rhodes Scholar too. Uh, one more from him. John Kennedy. And he, boy, that's right. You know, you gotta have force. And President mumbles, there's no force there. Cut 14. America has a president, president who is, uh, who is not a defense hawk. Uh, America has a president whose administration is frankly, more interested in discussing whether a man can breastfeed than it is in talking about national security. Put yourself in the shoes of our enemies, Russia and Iran and China. What do they see? They see an America who's president cut and run from Afghanistan. Our enemies see an America whose president refuses to give Ukraine the weapons it needs to win. Our enemies see an America uh, whose president refuses to enforce the sanctions on Iranian oil and indeed has tried to give the Iranians um, over not $6 billion, but $10 billion. I could continue, but the point is our enemies have have included that America has a president who's a bit of a weenie (laughs) on national defense, and she and Putin... And the Ayatollah think they can roll over him like uh, like thunder on a summer night. Uh, did he have to say weenie? I don't like the guy either. Weenie just got through telling everybody how smart this guy is. He can quote Socrates. He said weenie. I think he said weenie because he thought it was cute. But I don't know. John Kennedy, you can do better. And so can Jim Jordan. I mean, I, is he done? He may just be finished. No more Jim Jordan for speaker. What a loss. It's going to be that crazy bow tie guy. His name is McHenry. And I, I don't know. I'm not a fan. He's a, he's, he's from the Paul Ryan, uh, George W. Bush school of politics. 
in it for the money, fame, power, and fun. Money, fame, power, and fun. A little bit like uh, Kevin McCarthy. Cut 10, please. Cut 10. Jordan has just as many votes as I had on the first round. I think the difference here, too, is we have rules so we can sit down, talk to the other members, and be able to move forward. Eh? Eh? He's always kind of pretty blasé, this guy. He's always just, uh, he really would be better off, I think, in the fake news, being a, um, what do you call it, uh, one of those uh, talking heads sitting right next to Jake Tapper. That's all most of these guys want at the end of the day, which is pretty pathetic. Uh, all right, in honor of free speech, like Max was talking about, let's go to uh, John in Bohemia. I've always been unclear where Bohemia is. Where is it? It's an Islip. Uh, Suffolk County. I got Islip. There's so many Islips. There's West Islip, East Islip, Islip. Um, but anyway, uh, what can I do for you? Well, there's lies being told about Jim Jordan that he hates first responders because he, he voted against the Zakawanga bill, the 9-11 bill. But, but 160 Republicans voted against it because they put a new tax on all foreign, all foreign imports. Oh, actually, 5% of the new tax actually goes to first responders. That's why the Republicans voted against it. And for Peter King to tell that lie this morning on your airwaves is, is a crime. He didn't tell any lie. He didn't. Look, Peter King understands this stuff like nobody does, all right? And this very point that you've made, I've talked to Peter King about it, and they do cram all kinds of weird stuff Unlike a lot of other legislators out there, this guy actually reads the bill. All right. He goes through it and he understands what he's talking about. So uh, give him a break. He's no liar either, John. OK, give him a break. He's a great man of public service. Uh, I like him. I trust him. He's an expert and um, he's not always the biggest Trump fan, but we can cut him a little bit of slack there. All right, John, thank you for that. Uh, let's try uh, Chris. Hello. Nanuet. Hey, good afternoon, Greg. Hey, good afternoon, Greg. I, I think it's a sad state of affairs, but most people seem to accept that there's a pack of handlers for Joe Biden that, you know, shuffle him around and tell him what to say, tell him what to do. But what a sad showing to him to be on the world stage like this and not have him better rested or give him medicine or whatever they do to juice him up. Or, or it's like he does when he talks about Donald Trump. He was more than an embarrassment today. It, 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 it just stumbling and BB. You mean you weren't you weren't impressed by uh, by this? Let's see, Joe Biden. I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I think a lot of people thought this was a powerful and uh, very telling anecdote. Really strong. Cut sixteen. You know, uh, years ago, I asked the Secretary of State when he and I were working in the Senate to write something for a man. Said uh, he wrote a line that uh, I think is appropriate. He said. Uh, it's not, we lead, uh, not just, uh, well, I won't go into it. I'll wait later. Taking too much time. All right, look, you can't blame the handlers on that, all right? You just can't blame the, he's not going to be up all the time. You can only, you can only put so many drugs in him, and there's going to be a crash. There's going to be a come down. You know, you can't blame, nobody can handle this, right? It, it is what it is. He's a dumb guy who's had brain surgery twice, and he's 81 and not a good 81. Chris, I don't think we can blame any handler. I think it's him. Other, the only handler we can blame is, um, is Barack Obama. He really made this happen. You know what I mean, Chris? I don't know. I don't know. 
they do bump him up from time to time, though. They seem to be able to get him energized if he's talking about Donald Trump. I don't know what they do or what they give to him, but... I mean, get, you can't. I mean, by definition, if you give if you're giving them something, and I do think they're giving them something, you're going to come down from that. And you know, I mean, maybe the effect is wearing off. Like you can like you get the you need more and more of it to get the same effect. Uh, you know, I don't know. You're right, though. He sometimes I see he gets his mojo up. But look, he's exhausted. He traveled all the way over there. Then again, traveling on Air Force One. I mean, you have a bed right there. You have a bed. It's really like. It's like you're in a house, and they move the whole house over to Israel. But it's pretty pathetic. We know it. Everybody knows it. They know it. He knows it. Jill Biden knows it. And a change is coming. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Congratulations to all the protesters, all the patriots in um, Staten Island. There are no more migrants in that John Villa Academy, right? Uh, great job, everybody. Um, that guy, Scott, the artist, uh, Curtis, and um, let's see, who else was involved? I mean, so many great people. And uh, now the victory could be, well, you know, Adams is not on our side here. You can see the National Guard is now at the Roosevelt Hotel. They don't even call it the Roosevelt Hotel anymore. It's uh, It's been blacked out. It's just a building full of people from all over the world, and we have no idea who they are. Who remembers the name Natalie Holloway? Natalie Holloway, remember? She went missing uh, back in, what was that, 2004, 2005 or so? She was on spring break in Aruba, and uh, she disappeared. And you're on Vandersloot. Also, it's spelled sloot, but it's pronounced sloot. You're on Vandersloot is admitting now that he killed her. He killed Natalie Holloway with a cinder block on Aruba Beach and dumped her body in the water. This is a, I guess it really wasn't that much of a mystery. We kind of knew he did it, right? Uh, from the post here. Yaron Vandersloot has finally admitted to killing Alabama teen Natalie Holloway 18 years ago, bludgeoning her to death with a cinder block after she tried to fight back against his sexual advances. Vandersloot, long the prime suspect in the 18-year-old's disappearance, made the shocking admission Wednesday in an Alabama courtroom with Holloway's parents present. You change the course of our lives and you turn them upside down, her mother, Beth Holloway, said in court, standing a few feet from Vandersloat. You are a killer, and I want you to remember that every time that jail cell door slams. Vandersloat, now 36, detailed how he started kissing Holloway on the beach after a date in a local bar, according to documents obtained by the New York Post. I start feeling her up again, and she tells me no. She tells me she doesn't want to, to feel her up, he told his attorney, according to the documents. Uh, I insist I keep her up either way. What does that mean? Uh, I insist I keep feeling her up either way. Yeah, I keep feeling, oh, boy, he looks terrible these days. I'm looking at a picture. He used to be a sharp-looking guy. He looks terrible. Um, the American teen need him in the crotch, enraging the killer, who said he knocked her out by kicking her extremely hard in the face. Yikes. Vandersloat then grabbed a nearby cinder block, he said, reportedly confessing, I smashed her head in with it completely. He then disposed of her body in the water. The Dutch citizen has already been arrested in Aruba twice on suspicion of Holloway's murder, but ultimately released for lack of evidence. He is not currently charged in Holloway's death but made his confession as part of a plea deal for extortion and wire fraud 
after asking her family for $250,000 to reveal the location of her body. Jeez. He was sentenced Wednesday to 20 years in prison to run concurrently with a 28-year sentence. He is serving in Peru in the 2010 slaying of Stephanie Flores. Judge Anna Maniscalco required him to come clean on the teen's death to get the deal. Well, that's good for the Holloways. They finally have closure here, right? You have brutally murdered in separate instances, years apart, two young women who refused your sexual advances, the judge said. Holloway, 18, disappeared while on a high school graduation trip to Aruba with her disappearance drawing widespread attention. Yeah. Hey, Greta Van Susteren, right? She was all over that case uh, all those years ago. And um, I guess he's going to do the time in America. He's no longer in Peru. How about that? He killed her, hides the body. The body, I guess, decomposes or you know disintegrates in the water. And then he tries to extort money from the family of the woman he killed so he can to get I'll I'll tell you where she is if you give me two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Now that is depraved. Uh and he was also probably taking them for a ride because I don't think she's uh if you put her in the ocean, he had no way of telling them the location. Uh Joseph up in Fairfield, Connecticut. Uh yes. Uh, Mr. Ke- uh, hello, Mr. Kelly, Gregory. Uh, I always call you Gregory because my, one of my sons is is Gregory, and my wife says, "Don't call him Greg." <laughs> but anyway, I, I'm a, I, I was born in Italy, and I came here. I'm a naturalized citizen in the 1950s on the Andrea Doria. So I, you don't I sound have, that uh, old. I, no, I, I'm, I'm up there, and I have grandchildren that are partly Jewish. Speak Italian. Do, Say some stuff in yes, Italian. I, well, I'm going to give you the name of the cardinal. Do me a favor, the, uh, just first, stay, say some stuff in Italian. Uh, yes, see, come stai oggi. I don't. Uh, I don't know about this. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That doesn't sound like I could speak Italian better than that. All right, what do you want to say? Well, you did question goes oggi today. Just tell me the point. Forget the Italian stuff. What did you want to say? The the. The Cardinal of, of Jerusalem, uh, the Patriarch of Jerusalem, his name is uh, Cardinal, now get this, Cardinal Pierre Battista Pizzaballa. Now, he said he would give up his life for, to, to release the hostages, the children hostages that the... Uh, I saw uh, something the, about uh, that. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice gesture. I don't think it works that way, but it's a nice gesture. The good uh, Pope Francis has not said too much. And and I've been a Catholic school teacher. I've taught a Fordham prep for 20 years, and I still teach now. I'm a college teacher. And? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm trying to get this in fast because I only have a few minutes. That's why. Otherwise, Got a couple of seconds. Uh, so what's the bottom line? Well, the bottom line is that uh, the church, uh, the, the Pope, should speak out more about the atrocities that the uh, Hamas has created against the Jewish people. Hey, the Pope uh, is, uh, yeah, the Pope. Uh, we got some issues with the Pope. Uh, I know I'm not supposed to, but I'll be right back. Thank you, pal. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I love it, Donald Trump. You keep it up. Former President Donald Trump voluntarily in court for a second consecutive day in the $250 million civil fraud trial against him, largely kept his cool inside the courtroom Wednesday until making several audible sounds of frustration as his attorneys cross-examined a real estate appraiser. 
Trump could be heard muttering a few times to his attorney, shaking his head and gesturing as Doug Larson testified for a second day. Larson said Tuesday that it was inaccurate and inappropriate for the Trump organization to base its property valuations on his work. After an objection from New York Attorney General Letitia James's counsel, because she can't try the case, totally incompetent, Judge Arthur Engoron issued a broad warning to the courtroom, including Trump and others, to keep quiet, particularly if it means to influence the testimony of a witness. The ex-commander-in-chief is currently not required to appear in court, but has opted to show face in the lower Manhattan courtroom for several days of the trial, now in its third week. Trump's sons, Eric and Don Jr., and the Trump Organization are all accused in a decades-long scheme in which the attorney general alleges the commander-in-chief grossly exaggerated his net worth by as much as $3.6 billion. Man, oh, man, oh, man. The more I think about her, the angrier I get. The idea that this imbecile knows anything about real estate and her silly little team that they've gathered together, that they, this great man, decades, unquestionably great business, until the day he got into politics, until politics. And what is this all really about? It's for beating Hillary Clinton. Unforgivable. Unblanking forgivable. In 2016, he shocked the world, right? And they will never, ever, 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 ever get over it. Um... I saw it coming. I wasn't that shocked. I really wasn't. I, in, in, in 2015, I said, yeah, I think he's probably going to win. And um, I, I, nothing really happened. I kept on seeing these things, 90% chance of Hillary Clinton winning, 95% chance of Hillary, right up until Election Day, right up until she lost. And you got to remember that about the fake news. They lie. You know, lies do not help their side. They think they do, but they don't. They really don't. I mean, did that have, what kind of effect did that have? Did that put them in a complacent state? Is that why Hillary Clinton did not go to Wisconsin to campaign? Because she was watching the fake news all the time? It's got to be realistic. It's got to be realistic about Joe Biden's shocking limitations right now. This is so, this is scandalous to have an American president who sounds like this. I can't, I mean, this happened. I don't want this to happen. This is America. You know, I like this country. I love this country. I want the president to be halfway decent, even if I didn't vote for him. This is not halfway decent. One six, please. One six. You know, uh, years ago, I asked the Secretary of State, when he and I were working in the Senate, to write something for a man. He said, uh, he wrote a line that uh, I think is appropriate. He said, uh, it's not, we need, uh, not just, uh, well, I won't go into it. I'll wait later. Taking too much time. Wow. Uh, we got a problem. <laughs> Jeez. This is a time that cries for leadership, for clear cut, no ambiguity, no waiting a day, no waiting a second day, no giving a big speech and not mentioning anti-Semitism. You know, Joe Biden has talked more about white supremacy in his presidency than anti-Semitism. White supremacy, phantom. Anti-Semitism, real. Remember when he would get on the plane and fly all over the country anytime they could possibly say, yeah, I think maybe if you look at it this way and squint and ignore what the FBI and local officials and state officials tell us, you can probably say with sort of a straight face that this was white supremacy. After all, it was a white gunman, right? Stay with me on this, everybody. Fake news. Are you in? You're in. You're in. We're all in. The Atlanta spa shootings. 
white supremacy. Nope, ignore that sheriff. Nope, ignore the state police director. Nope, ignore the FBI. Uh, we got an election to win here. We got an election to rig. We have a country to fool. And they spent all that time and money worrying about white supremacy, which wasn't real. And now we have people actually in law enforcement positions of real responsibility. You know, uh, Edward Caban, the police commissioner, that's his name. I had to look it up. C-A-B-A-N. He had a luncheon with some luminaries yesterday. And I got a full report. You know what he talked about for half of his speech? Take a guess. Street crime? No. Gang violence? No. Terrorism? No. Diversity. Diversity initiatives. Diversity initiatives. You know, the police department is, uh, as Ed Norton would say, it's grown enough. 163 countries. I think there are, how many countries are there in the world? They're all represented. All. And um, just talking about it, I mean, just got other things to do, right? I'm looking at a pro-Palestinian rally in New York right now. The anti-Semitic... the hate that is allowed, the hate with the hate that they can shout out loud without any. And where's the New York Times on this? You got to read Mark Levin's book. He knows all about it. The history of that place. Joe in Mount Sinai. Welcome back. Joe. I think that I think that uh, Biden still thinks RFK is a threat or else if he thought it was going to help him. He'd give them the, the Secret Service protection. And the world uh, the world ship is turned upside down. It's capsized. Hey, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. I mean, look, the Secret Service protection, I would, I think because of his family's contributions to America, he deserves it. But you don't get Secret Service protection until you secure your party's nomination. There is actually a law or regulation. I don't think you're trying to say they want him dead. Is that what you're saying? Pretty much, you know, huh? They, pretty much. And the world, the world, the good people in the world, our ship is capsized. The, the people that can help us are being suppressed on the bottom, and the crap is being glorified. So if, if this is not a world in disarray compared to what happened in World War II, we had an incompetent Secretary of State. We had a cripple. Now we have a mental cripple. We have an incompetent. We have bigots. Uh, anti-Semites in in Congress, in Senate, making policy, and uh, I'm going to pick a black woman. Just pick whoever you want. Don't rub it in our faces. The world has gone upside down. Wait, you mean pick a black woman is in terms of the uh, what the Supreme Court in terms of picking a running mate? Just that's what he said, right? Joe Biden said, "I'm going to pick a black woman," like yeah. as and that, which, by the way, I think is an insult to. Black women. I think it's an insult to the black woman he ultimately picked. It's just like, uh, give me a black woman. And th- th- he's done that throughout his career, by the way. Oh, oh, I, I need a person of color. Oh, great. Get me, go, go get me one. You know, everybody else he wants to interview. You know, let's see what we got here. Let's look at the guy's resume. Let's interview 50 people and figure out which is the best one. Get me the nearest black woman you can find. That's how he hired Simone Sanders. That's how we find uh, found uh, what's her name again on the uh, Supreme Court, Katanji Brown Jackson, and that's how we found Kamala too. It's a shame. It's a damn shame, pal. Thank you very much. You know, um, 
my security has been on my mind lately. I am getting all kinds of nasty, nasty, nasty comments because I said out loud the other day that uh, what we're seeing in Gaza looks like, looks like total annihilation because I was looking at photos. I was looking at footage from drones, right, that had those buildings totally fried and, and just it looked like total annihilation. It looked like nuclear winter. And uh, media, I, you know, they said I was celebrating it. I was not celebrating it. War is terrible. I do want the Israelis to win. I want to. But that doesn't mean I'm celebrating it. War is hell. And I've said this before. you got to remember it. There is going to be collateral damage. There is going to be friendly fire. There is going to be war crimes. That happens in every single war. You minimize it. Nobody best admitted better at minimizing it, quite frankly, than the Israelis. They're so professional. They've got their act together. But even a tightly run military force like that, you will see, yes, you will see collateral damage. You will see friendly fire. You will see the deaths of innocents. You might even see a war crime or two. Yep. And even when America goes to war, you'll see the same stuff. Friendly fire. Uh, women and children killed. Noncombatants killed. War crimes. Uh, that's why we have military lawyers. That's why we have military prosecutors. That's why we have a UCMJ, the Uniform Code, Code of Military Justice. It happens. And these little these accountants who work at the Pentagon, you know who the worst was? Uh, Paul Wolfowitz. Paul Wolfowitz, Don Rumsfeld, George W. Bush, and uh, what's his name? Carl Rove as well. Carl Rove, who has no conception. Wait, the guy is a little nerd. Books, all the stuff he's read in books, he has no practical experience in anything. Yeah, getting people elected. So what? Let's figure out how to mislead the people. Never had his ass in the grass. And those guys sold us the Iraq War. And, you know, we probably wouldn't be going through what we're going through right now in the Middle East if we hadn't wasted trillions of dollars and lost all those lives and killed a lot of innocent people, too. We did. America. That's on us. That's on us. Were you protesting the war? Did, did you think it was the right thing to do? Were you conned by that whole thing? We got to fight them there or else we'll have to fight them here. Did you believe any of that nonsense? Chris in Staten Island? Uh, I'm a big fan. I just want to ask you a question. Well, this whole thing with, with Israel and the Palestine war. During 9-11, the army... Marines, all the recruitment went up after we got attacked. And by the way, I was a first responder, I was a police officer. Now, with this horrific attack by Palestine, how come you don't see all the Israel, all the Jews from this country going over there, picking up a rifle and defending their country? Instead, they're over here protesting. I don't understand it. You know, um, you're speaking with a very broad brush, you know. I know they didn't come and tell you what's going on. I know people haven't come and told you what's going on. They haven't come to your house. How do you know it's not going on? You know, there are so many uh, Israeli Americans. You know, they live here, but they go to Israel to do their one year of active service. You know about that, right? And these are the most patriotic people in the world. These are the most freedom-loving people in the world. And these are some of the bravest people in the world. And you're given you're you're talking about you're you're upset that you're not seeing more Jews. Your your opinion, more Jews go to Israel to pick up arms. Is that what you're saying? Oh no no no. What I'm saying is everybody that's here protesting that's a military age, right? How come they don't go to Israel and fight? Who's who's protesting? Wait, I, what? what uh, 
All right. Well, anyway, listen, you know how I feel. All right. Uh, you're, it's a constitutional right to protest. If you are protesting in favor of the terrorists, you are so morally bankrupt. It's it's a disgrace and you should be revealed as the scum that you are. You shouldn't be hired. You shouldn't be with certain exceptions. You know, when you're young and stupid, you're young and stupid and you make all kinds of mistakes. Man, I've made a million. I've made I've made I've made so many. Uh, but I gotta say, nothing like that. I've always been on the right side, quite frankly. I really feel that way. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Chopper 2 was over a rally in Washington Square Park. The NYPD drawing the line between dueling rallies. We weren't planning on saying anything about Palestine. We were just, we wanted to call out the terrorist organization Hamas that did this. The pro-Israel rally was organized by the Student Supporting Israel group from NYU. My loved one was being bombarded by rockets, um, under attack, afraid to walk on the street. No one should have to live that way. I don't think there is any country in the world that would accept um, such atrocities against their civilians. Directly in front of them, those in support of the Palestinian people are calling attention to what they believe to be genocide happening in Gaza right now. It can barely be called a war. One side doesn't have an army. These are textbook war crimes, mass movement of people, cutting off of electricity, food, water, medical care, bombing of hospitals. Although tensions were high, these were peaceful demonstrations. One thing both sides had in common, praying for their people, and also an end to the atrocities happening around them. You know, uh, this both sides thing, right? Both sides. Uh, they try to be, you heard the reporter there, um, you know, like uh, both sides have the equal amount of legitimacy. You know, Al-Qaeda, uh, the Taliban, uh, they used to complain about the same stuff, the same stuff, and always accuse the West of committing atrocities, uh, you know, not enough uh, resources, cutting... No, these are the, these are terrorists. These are raw, ugly terrorists. And I don't think we can countenance that. I don't think we just cover it like any normal rally. Uh, you know, white supremacists, right? We'd all be booing and yelling and screaming at them, right? If they were out there, I would be. Yeah, sure. They suck. I hate them. Uh, they have no legitimacy whatsoever. Zero. I think we all agree. But somehow anti-Semites, uh, in the eyes of the media, somehow it's like, well, according to, uh, according to the anti-Semites, they say, you know, well, they have, I mean, I, I just, there's no equivalence and it's amazing. It's amazing that it's happening. Uh, I was very naive for quite, quite a long time. And I'm sorry. I am, I'm sorry. Hey, you know, the, the next speaker is going to be this guy, most likely not Jim Jordan, but his name is McHenry. Uh, McHenry, Patrick McHenry. Remember this name. He's technically the speaker right now, the speaker pro temp, right? He's like the temporary speaker. But it looks like he's probably going to get it because Jim Jordan can't get it, and they got to have a compromise guy. He is a Republican. He's a swamp guy. Let's see here. He's about 50 years old, late 40s maybe. Um, he's been in Congress since the age of 29, since 2004. Uh, or yeah, that would make him in his late 40s. He wears a bow tie to work. That's kind of weird. Uh, Congressman McHenry, before he became a congressman, was in the North Carolina House of Representatives for several terms. And then he was special assistant to the secretary of the U.S. Department of Labor. 
Hmm. Appointed by George W. Bush. Career politician through and through. I do not like these guys. Nine times out of ten, they stink. And they're in it for themselves. The game of politics and, you know, the fun of politics, the power of politics, and ultimately, uh, the great big cash prize that awaits them. Usually after, sometimes during, sometimes during, McHenry. Do we like him? What does he stand for? It doesn't really matter. Again, Jim Jordan, he wouldn't have been able to get anything done. Um, it doesn't matter, but it is symbolic. You know, we didn't want Kevin. We don't like Kevin. I know. Oh, it looks like uh, chaos in the house. Just according to a bunch of people who watch MSNBC all day long. Uh, to normal people, this looks like, uh, it doesn't even look like anything. This is what happens. Some people try to say, oh, the, the, the Republicans really look like a mess. No. The border looks like a mess. Schools look like a mess. Afghanistan was a mess. Trying to figure out whether it's uh, McCarthy or Gates or Jordan or McHenry. That's uh, that's politics. That's politics. And it's not always great, but that's what happens. Hey, uh, how do we feel about the Fox News coverage lately, huh? You notice that they're all guessing all the time. Do you like Trey Yinkst? Have you seen him? I don't know about that guy. I don't know about him. Why don't they have more guys? Why is it him 24-7? Um, I see a lot of uh, dramatics, you know, diving for cover when there's nothing coming inbound, that kind of thing. I was a war correspondent, by the way. I never did that stuff. I dove when I had to. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And we are joined by the great journalist, Liba Nisis. She is a Harvard-trained lawyer who actually covers all kinds of things for the Jewish voice, uh, including celebrity news. But uh, first and foremost, Liba, welcome back. And, uh, man, how do you feel about Israel and what's happening and what's happening here? I think it's horrible. I've written about nine or ten articles in the past week covering Israel, how Harvard reacted to it, how the celebrities reacted to it. I went to an FIDF gala last night with over a thousand people to show support for Israel. But I've really been writing how the celebrity response has been totally inadequate, and a lot of them have shown anti-Semitism. Mark Ruffalo has shown said Israel's an apartheid regime. Susan Sarandon has shown solidarity with the Palestinians. Um, Malala, who was shot by the Taliban just recently today, just gave 300000 to Palestine to Palestinians in Gaza. Oh, my and gosh. Now, Malala, by the way, she is the most annoying person in the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I hate what happened to her a long time ago, but uh, she doesn't have to annoy us for the rest of our lives. Uh, how the hell does mm-hmm. she have $300,000? Well, from the charities, from the money she gets from from other charities, she's giving it to the Palestinians. And in 2021, she gave 100000 to the children in Gaza. She's constantly, she's calling now. This is the new term that people use who are anti-Semitic. We call for an immediate ceasefire because they don't want Israel to fight back. The minute, the, the after the carnage, after Hamas slaughtered 1,300 people, you already had celebrities like calling for ceasefire. Mark Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo, I, I don't like, he's, he's uh, not a good actor. He's always in these weird chick flicks. I don't even, I can't even <laughs> name one movie he's done. Uh, he was in, he's terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, terrible. Who, who were some others? 
Well, John Cusack, I mean, he also hasn't had a movie in a long time, but he says he's with Palestine, that what Israel's doing is inhumane. He wrote, you know, John Cusack. John um, Cusack, yeah, I used to like that guy. He was in uh, Say Anything. He was in uh, 16 Candles. He was in, uh, uh, it's been a long time, I guess. Yeah, John Cusack. (laughs) Who knew? Who knew? I thought he was a reasonable guy. I I used to like him. All right, that's terrible. Uh, Who else? Okay, and then you have Elisa Keys who's a famous superstar singer, and she said, she posted on her Instagram on Monday, I, everyone knows that the Hamas uh, militants paraglided into the Supernova Music Festival and started killing people. She posted, I'm thinking of taking up paragliding. Alicia Keys uh, said that? Alicia co- co- posted that on Instagram and wearing the colors of Hamas. Alicia Keys? I can't yeah. believe that. Is, it, is she married to Swiss Beats? Yeah, Muslim. Yeah, Swiss Beats who's Muslim, and she a couple. Of hey, years listen, ago, you can be Muslim. You can be Muslim in America, right? I mean, I'm not having right, a beat, right. but you support terrorists, and you're rooting for right. the people who slaughtered the women and the children. Alicia Keys. Yeah. I met her once at Yankee well, Stadium. Was, she didn't seem crazy at the time. Granted, it's a dozen years ago. Shoot. And she was she was wearing the colors of Hamas, uh, like a leather jacket with red, with green. Black, yellow, and white, the same colors Hamas wears. Colors she never usually wears, never usually wears. And then she took it off and said, she took her post off Instagram, and she still didn't come out against Hamas after. She still never spoke out against it, but she said, I'm for peace. She gave some benign comment, which showed where her sympathies were. And so I was really disappointed in her because she had played in Israel during the boycott, she said, I'm going to go to Israel and play. So she can deny it all she wants, but nobody says they want to go paragliding. It's not like saying, I want to go for a motorcycle ride. I mean, it's a very specific type of. Yeah, she's saying that- she wants Jewish people dead. I mean, let's right. face it. That's what that little uh, joke is all about. And I don't like right. her and I don't like Swiss beats and uh, enough with them. Let's uh, see if I can. Uh... Hey, what do you think we should do with this? All right. Now, look. What do you think we do with this? I mean, that lady who runs Harper's Bazaar, she tweeted stuff about, uh, you know, um, go Palestine. And, and she's about to lose her job if she hasn't already. Now, sometimes I'm like, geez, you know, you got these amateurs speaking out about politics, speaking out about things they don't know about. I'm not talking about Alicia Keys because she knew what she was doing with that thing. But, I mean, mm-hmm. do we cancel people forever for uh, being on the wrong side of this thing? Um, I think it depends on what they say. I mean, it's, you can't just say blankly you're going to cancel, but I think that the, when someone says they want to paraglide or even Mark Ruffalo, who says Israel's an apartheid regime and we should sanction them, or Keith McMally, the restaurateur, uh, says the more repugnant the facts, the more we have to listen. I think specifically at Harvard University, where they fully supported 100% fully supported Hamas and put all the blame on Israel, I think those students should absolutely be penalized. And I think they should be expelled, honestly, because Harvard expels other students who, who speak out in racist terms or in... Yeah, less, you can you be know, expelled for cheating on a test. You should be expelled right. for uh, promoting terrorism. All right, Liba. So, wow. What? Yeah. it's a, No, I agree. And they let them have a rally. Harvard permitted a rally in Harvard Yard. With a thousand people supporting the Gazans, this took place Saturday. So we're seeing really where their heart stands, and a lot of the donors are resenting their funding. They're not. They're not. The billionaire donors are saying goodbye. 
Don Ofer, Bill Ackman, Ken Griffin, is saying, who gave $300 million. He's saying that he's very unhappy with Harvard. And the list is just going to keep, it's going to be a domino effect. The major billionaire donors are going to quickly revoke their support. All right. So you went to Harvard. You went to Harvard, right? Right. The law school? The law school, yes. Was it hard? It was not that hard. It was very hard to get into, but I really have to say I enjoyed it. And it wasn't that scholastically difficult. Although I can't say the student body was brilliant and amazing, but... Uh, going through academically was not that hard. Was it liberal and woke? Getting in was the hard part. Hard part getting in. Was it liberal and woke back then? Yeah, I said I said this. I was actually blacklisted because I supported Israel. So whenever I would speak, people would start hissing, so that I couldn't talk. And then I I said to the I said to someone I said, "What's going on? I feel like every time I talk, people make noises." They showed me a list I was on, people who support Israel people who have right-wing viewpoints. I was on a special list of people that every time they talk, you have to hiss. And this is 25 years ago, so it's it's a lot worse now, and I wouldn't, I don't think I would speak out now. I literally would be scared of being, of being physically hurt. You know, That's the way I would feel. We know that uh, anti-Semitism is real. It's, it's everywhere, and it's undeniable. We see it, we're reading it, we're feeling it. White supremacy is not real. <laughs> it's just not a thing. Mm. It's right. do you think now people have to shut up about white supremacy? And I'm including Joe Biden. I'm including the FBI. I'm including various police commissioners trying to talk up something into existence that's not in existence. It's just not a thing. Right. No matter how much they want it to be a thing, it's not a thing. Do you think this mm-hmm. changes that a little bit? Because this is real. This is I real mean... versus fake. Real versus fake, you know? Yeah, but the liberals have their narrative, and that's it. They'll always stick to that narrative. Once this, you know, hopefully simmers down or Israel does its job, then the liberals will go back to their narrative, whatever it is. Well, there are some liberals, some liberals breaking away. There are some, but most of them are not, and most of them, what? One of them I have to applaud is Amy Schumer. She has been unbelievable in this Israel issue, and she now, Newsweek just reported two hours ago that she's being canceled. She has 100% stood by Israel and said this is not a liberal issue. And even though, you know, she's a, she's been unbelievable, but the celebrities who stand up for Israel are being canceled and they're being bullied and they're being threatened. And she has been amazing. Her, Gal Gadot, Jerry Seinfeld, Jessica Seinfeld. But I have to say Amy Schumer, will, her career will probably, you know, face a big hit from this, but she's putting herself on the line for the Jewish people, and she should be applauded for that. Well, I like that. I like, well, you know, she is funny sometimes, but uh, she also is yeah. annoying. But, yeah, I, 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 she's on the right side of this issue. I don't think they can yeah. cancel her. I think this will blow over. I do. I th- Sooner or later it will, um, and uh, and we'll see where everything stands. The Alicia Keys of the world, it looks like they're going to get away with it. All right. So uh, well, how you how you letting off steam these days, Liba? The news is very uh-huh. depressing, especially for, you know, uh-huh. a Jew. And uh, you really you're 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 devout and you uh, you support Israel. What do you do to get away from all this stuff? I really don't get away from it. I mean, I've been writing about 10 articles. Every time I think I get away from it, I sit down and write another article about something that bothers me. So I'm finding article writing cathartic because it lets me get out my feelings of frustration. And, you know, it's it's hard right now. There is no way to distract yourself because you look at what's happening. And I met the, you know, the parents of one of the hostages last night. 
a, a guy, uh, and it was Omer Nutra, and it was horrible. I mean, the parents were devastated. Their son is 22 years old. He's sitting in Gaza. Who knows what's going to happen to him? I mean, he's a dual U.S.-Israel citizen, and he was captured. He was an honor student. He chose to serve his country as opposed to attending college in the United States. And these things are heartbreaking. So how can you possibly go about your business as if everything's amazing? You know, it's it's very, very hard. All right. Well, Liba, we're glad you're on the case. We appreciate it so much. Mm-hmm. Check out the Jewish Voice, and how else can people find you, please? Um, you can Jewish Voice. You can look at my Instagram. It's called Liba's Night Out because I, but prior to this whole Israel thing, I was covering the socialite and celebrity event at night. So, you know, Liba's Night Out, Liba's Night Out dot com or right. the Jewish Voices. Thank you so much, Greg. You Thank bet, you Liba. For everything you do. To be continued. It's my pleasure, and we'll be right back. Thank you, Liba. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The United States currently assesses that Israel is not responsible for the deadly Gaza hospital blast. can't believe so many media organizations just went with it, just breathlessly reported it, right? On September 12th, would we have breathlessly reported what uh, Osama bin Laden had to say about, uh, oh, the Americans are responsible. Oh, yes, and just report that uncritically, the terrorists, taking the side of the terrorists. Uh, speaking of, uh, well, Russ, hello, are you as angry as yesterday? Well, hello, Greg, if that's your real name. <laughs> Russ, before you, before you get all fired up, all right, because we got to establish whether, you know, you can disagree with me, that's fine. You can be a Jamal who disagrees with me. Or you could be like, you know, I don't know, uh, Craig in New Jersey, and we just basically hang up on him. What category do you want to be in? Well, I've heard you call colleagues as Steve of Manhattan. I'm sure you have the Steve same voice. Of, so. Wait, wait, wait. Who? This guy Steve of Manhattan. He's got right, the Russ, same voice. Ru- Russ, I, what category do you want to be in? Are you a nice guy or are you uh, I'm getting kind of jerky vibes here? What do you want to be? Yeah, Russ, right Russ, I know, I know, I know. That's the way it's going to be around here until you tell me what category you want to be in, all right? Because every time you call up with a lot of attitude and you say something I totally disagree with, and it's not even interesting. So uh, maybe we should just leave it at that. What do you say, Russ? Would you send a young... Hey, Russ, thanks for listening to me and being so responsive. All right, Russ, all right? Yeah, you know, I'm going to respond to you the way you respond to me. I'm not going to respond. I'll go to a nicer person, Elliot, I'm sure, in Staten Island. Hello, Elliot. You are so right. I'm very, very nice. I just wanted to make a comment. You talked about Trey Yanks. Is that his name on Fox? Yeah. Uh, reporter in a war. Uh-huh. You know, it's amazing how the camera captures him diving down on the floor, but the cameraman is still rolling. If I was a cameraman, I would dive with him and you wouldn't see anything. So he he seems a little bit dramatic, right? A little bit uh, performative, right? Yeah, I would say so. A lot of them are. It's very funny how you jarred my memory. And looking back, some of these war correspondents do dive, and the camera is still rolling. Yeah, what's I her name? Uh, what's her name was doing that? Uh, uh, Clarissa Ward. Hey, you know who was a great war correspondent who uh, who didn't flinch until it was absolutely necessary. You know about that guy who covered the Iraq invasion? And uh, he received accolades from all over the world, including the then reasonable New York Times. Remember that famous war correspondent? His name was Greg Kelly, and uh, he uh, he played it straight. And 
one of the reasons why he could tell that story as effectively as he did without getting all dramatic is that he had spent a lot of time in the region. He was in the military. He wasn't just blown away. Oh, my God, I'm in a tank. Oh, my gosh, I'm in a tank. I'm like, okay, I'm in a tank. No big deal. <laughs> like, let's wait until something happens, and then I can uh, then I can get excited. And then I did get excited when something happened. And then, oh, however, I kept it cool at the same time, even when that tank blew up right in front of me, even when that, uh, that mortar round hit about uh, six feet from where I was standing and blew me off my feet and cut up my face, even when they started killing some of my colleagues. Anyway, I had to keep it together. You got to keep it together. And something else about war, and they teach you this in the military, um, and it's good to remember in a crisis, you should always take time to shave in the morning. You gotta, you can't look like an animal. You gotta treat yourself well. You gotta like take time to, it's very easy to do. It's very easy to let those things go. You gotta be a professional, even when you're in the worst spot in the world. Thank you, Elliot. Um, yeah, that was wild. How long ago was that? 20 years ago, 20 years ago, going into Baghdad with American troops, uh, where are those weapons of mass destruction? Never could find them because they weren't there. No active weapons uh, program, certainly. I'm not talking about the stuff that's left over from the Iran-Iraq war. That's not why we went to war. It was the active NBC program, nuclear, biological, and chemical warfare program, which did not exist. Who's that other guy who was right? Scott. Scott from the United Nations. I forgot his last name. Scott. Scott Ritter. Scott Ritter. We should have listened to him. He was so right, a thousand percent right. And he was targeted by the government, I think, for being so right. Joanne, hello. Oh, thank God. Hi. Um, I wanted to say something. Uh, let's see. I got a couple. Of, I, you need me for a whole hour, but since I don't have it, um, I just want to tell you that I thank God for you because I feel exactly on everything about Trump and just everything that's going on like you do. And as much as I, I told you before how much I love Mark Levin, the great one, and Alan Dershowitz, I a lot of respect for him. They're not really Trump people, but they know Trump's worth. And I love that about them, that they are honest enough to, you know, uh, address him as all the good stuff that he is, what he's worth, what he's worth, like you do. Okay, one more quick thing. Let's see. I'll do one because that's all you're giving me the time for. Look at, should we let them go? Look at Hanley Jane. Hey, Joanne, I can't tell you. You're talking too fast. All right. Anyway, I appreciate it very, very much. You're the best. Thank you for the support. And keep it coming. Just let's slow it down a little bit next time. Uh, Because i got to go to George. He's in Pennsylvania. George. Manja, Greg. Manja, manja, abundanza. I remember when you were reporting in Baghdad, but you remember in the first Iraqi war when they said they hit the baby milk factory and they put big cardboard signs up? Baby milk factory. It said baby milk factory. Yeah, that's funny. What was up with the manja? Don't answer it. Uh, So what else? That means eat, Greg. I I know. I I know, but it's not lunchtime. uh, All right. Anyway. Well, thanks, George. Anything else? Yeah, I just want to say this, Greg, because I like your show. I like you very much. And I see you on TV. You're great. All right, George, I appreciate it very much, but I got to go. I think you're going somewhere. I don't want to go with this one. Uh, is it time? Should we do it? Yes, we should. Uh, actually, two more. Ellen. Ellen in Manhattan. Yeah. Hi, Greg. Uh, I, I just wanted to opine on the woman, the writer before about Amy Schumer. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, listen, that, it, it's great that Amy is supporting Israel. I have supported Israel a thousand percent. But as far as her getting canceled and losing her career, she would have to do something incredibly heinous on Fifth Avenue for that to happen. So that was kind of a weird – I just thought that was a very weird comment. She was sort of going on and on. Amy Schumer will be fine. She's well – I'm a comedian. She's very well respected. Uh, she gives a lot of comics work. Nothing's going to happen to her. The second thing I wanted to say really quickly is I met your father on Monday night. Uh, he was on a panel discussion. Discussion, and he was just so lovely. Isn't he so, brilliant? I love okay. my dad so much. I'm so lucky. Thank you, Ellen. And now it's Barbara's turn. Hi, Greg. Um, I, I read what James Madison had to say, which ap- applies right now to what's going on with Hamas in Gaza and the hospital bombing. James Madison said, crisis is the rallying cry of the tyrant. So Hamas is using this horrible thing that happened to these people in the hospital, whether it's true, whether it's not. I know the United States says Israel was not responsible. doesn't matter. They're going to use it as a rallying cry. They're going to inflame their citizens. They're going to inflame these crazy, misinformed students here in the United States. A, a, A crisis is an excuse for a tyrant to grab power, to inflame passion and to override reason, and that's what we're seeing. I like it one more time. A, a, a crisis is an excuse for a tyrant to what again? Crisis is the rallying cry of the tyrant, James Madison. Yeah, that's great. That's... The part about it, it, it gives them the, the ability to inflame passions, and therefore they override reason. Once passions are high, people lose sight of the reason in the situation and and that's what we're seeing and bad things come of that we know that and by the way i just have to say i love what you said about when you're in the service and going and fighting and to shave in the morning Mm. because to me what that says is you are civilized wherever you are even in a horrible war you maintain civilization and we're losing that civilization we're becoming barbarians and we can't let that happen barbara thank you for noticing it it's true it's one of those little things they teach you uh thank you all see you soon traffic jams tailgating pile-ups oh the joys of driving how could it get worse the federal government wants to have a say in what you drive that's right The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.